This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Uh, we get this from the Eighth Flooring Center chat line. Hey, Coach Gurley, hope you are listening this morning. She is a listener of this fine radio program, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, Lady Raiders get the W tonight. Hashtag Red Raider Nation behind you all, the 100%. Hashtag Wreck Texas. And then with a basketball and then with an orange dot and a black dot. for Excuse me, a red dot and a black dot for uh, the Lady Raiders. Nice. Nice. How about that? Mm-hmm. How about that? So there you go. All right, uh, 631 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double-t973.com for that or the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. How about, uh, how about Pop Isaacs uh, with a nice uh, little honor yesterday? It's not so little. I mean, Big 12 uh, Basketball uh, Player of the Week, so that's that's really cool. Um he was uh, named that yesterday by the by the Big Twelve. He was uh, had a career high of uh, twenty eight against Sam Houston, um, and then uh, had a pretty good outing the other night. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it's the first weekly conference award for him. And forty nine points in two games. Yeah, it's quite a week. So he's mm-hmm. been playing well of late. His outside shot starting to get going, and mm-hmm. um, you know his, his team has needed it. Had uh, twenty one. Uh, against uh, North Alabama on New Year's Day. So that's back-to-back 20 points or more for the first time in his career. So it's good. It's good to see him um, feeling his shot, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> he did He did share that with Raekwon Battle of West Virginia. Uh, but still, um, they're pretty happy about, uh, I'm sure, his – his play and how well, things just, are going. It's just hard imagine for you to to imagine you know this team reaching their potential without Pop Isaacs uh, being a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And his, his offense kind of you know being one of the one of the leaders offensively. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like you have other scores on this team um, than him, and and I thought it would he would lead the charge, and um, he's up there. But uh, there are other options as well. But um, it's it's just hard to imagine them being really good with him struggling sure. to shop. Sure. So finding it and maybe he's maybe he's found it. Maybe it was uh maybe it was delivered to him by Santa Claus on Christmas morning, you know, putting his stocking. Hey, we're gonna find your shot for you. Okay. Okay. There so there there you go. Um really haven't had a chance to talk about this. I thought it was really just odd. We don't really Really don't get into the NBA very much, but did you see this story about the guy from Denver? I think his name's Alex Gordon, who had to miss some games because of his dog uh, biting him in the face and getting stitches and stuff like that. I uh, did see the story. Um, he he blamed it on <laughs> Aaron Gordon, not Alex Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. I'm sorry, Alex Gordon played for your team. Right. The Royals. Oh, that's right. He's a baseball player. <laughs> He's a baseball player. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I certainly wasn't thinking baseball. Um, anyway, he he blamed it on too much eggnog, and he was roughhousing with his dog, and uh, <laughs> <I was> like, 
too much eggnog. I mean, I, I would think that you would really have to spice up the eggnog to put yourself in that position or, um, like I said, I just, that seemed, that seemed like a, I guess you could get into that situation. Jeff, have you ever had too much eggnog when you were playing with your dog? I mean, most of the time when I've had eggnog, it's been here. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Mace made some pretty strong eggnog back in the day. Sure. So I, I could see someone having a couple of cups of that and not realizing that it's half whiskey. Mm-hmm. I think it's what Johnny's uh, measurements were. Mm-hmm. And if you're roughhousing with your dog, things can happen. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, that's when you and your dog have to know when to draw the line and not get that drunk when roughhousing. I would think that probably your dog, uh, Winfield, he he wouldn't, no matter how much eggnog you had, probably couldn't get riled up enough to put you in a position where you would be unavailable for this fine radio program. I mean, any dog has the potential to mm-hmm. get angry and do damage to someone, especially if you're sticking your face near his face, you know. So I, I don't drink eggnog or – so I, I don't – feel like that's really likely to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, I also don't throw my dog around or do anything sure. to make him that mad. He's sure. also every bit of 14 pounds or whatever. Right. So, so you would feel like that you should be able to, you would be able to handle that pretty good. I mean, an angry dog's an angry dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I've see, you've seen stories of small dogs that are protecting their owners or whatever and mm-hmm. can do some damage, whatever. But, um, yeah, that I mean, that's the whole story is believable. I'm imagining that Aaron had a good sized dog that right. you know was capable of doing damage, and and if you're overserved, as you like to say, sure, um, it's possible that you don't know exactly. You're, you're doing things that aren't real smart, mm-hmm. and he probably was too rough with the dog, and the dog turned into the animal that he ultimately is. Right, and so it's hard to. Blame it too much on the dog, but I, I mean, I don't know the story. Maybe the dog's been ferocious before. Ferocious. Yeah, I don't ferocious. know. I have no idea. I'll bet it was a chihuahua, though. Yeah. Because yeah. those things are vicious. <clears throat> anyway, I saw that and just thought I'd pass it along to you guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a sad story as far as I'm concerned. You hate that, that it happened to him, and I'm glad to hear that he's not necessarily blaming the dog no, he's... to a certain degree, unless the dog really <laughs> is a ticking time bomb and he's just making up an excuse to make sure that the dog doesn't, you know, face the consequences. Face the consequences. Uh, Big 12 basketball. Last night, Kansas State beats Chicago State 62-55. to And number 18, Baylor, uh, takes down Cornell 98-79. to Okay. So uh, that, was, uh, that was last Look, night. Looks like a conference that is full of tough games. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to be an easy one. Chicago State is uh, going back-to-back in the Big 12. Uh, They traveled from Manhattan to Stillwater, or will today, depending on what their their deal is. They'll play uh, Oklahoma State tonight. Making some money. At Gallagher-Iba, yeah. Chicago State 7-13, Oklahoma State 7-5. They're 17.5-point favorites tonight. Back-to-back nights. Back They're going to play. Yeah, back to back. I don't know if there was any. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was. I don't know if there was any kind of. Uh, you know, uh, what do they call it in the NBA uh, when the player rests? 
Uh, load management. Load management. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. I don't know if there's any load management going on with Chicago State going into uh, tonight's game. It feels like uh, it feels like K State is not the same as what they were a year ago. Of course, they lost one of their best players because they kicked him off the team, and he promptly became eligible um, at uh, at at Memphis, but. Just when you kind of when you kind of look at the Big Twelve right now, Houston's at the very top at thirteen and zero in non conference play, and then BYU is right there with Kansas and Oklahoma in terms of just records now at twelve and one. So it maybe maybe it's a situation where the newcomers in the Big Twelve are going to have more of an impact in in men's basketball than what the newcomers did in football. Um, I think that's fair to say. Well, I mean, right off the bat, you have a team in Houston, and you put me top five team, four, five. So they're ranked third right now. Yeah, so that's a that's. I mean, right off the bat, you have a high, Mm -hmm. high, high rank, highly ranked team there. So I I think that would make you say yes. As far as on the men's basketball side of things, obviously on the women's basketball side of things, they were picked eleven through fourteen. So right. Not going to make as much impact there, mm-hmm. but nobody was really a factor during football season, you know, as far as those new teams go. So it'd be hard to imagine that Houston would be less than that, right? And and then even and uh, then BYU's ranked, yeah, or they have been ranked. They're they're ranked or twelve, still ranked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it, it feels like I'm ba- in basketball. It's going to be a bigger immediate impact than it has been in or than it was for football. I am curious about Cincinnati. They're eleven and two. Um, and even UCF is nine and three. I, I wouldn't expect those teams to be at least UCF. I wouldn't expect UCF to be um, much of a contender. But you never you never know uh, until uh, until you kind of see the whites of their eyes, so to speak. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Five time for this day in sports history. Today is January third, twenty twenty four. Here is. Jeff McGuire. It's going to start in 1971. The very first AFC and NFC championship games took place. Mm-hmm. The AFC saw the Baltimore Colts beat the Oakland Raiders 27-17. to And in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys beat the San Francisco 49ers 17-10. to 1983, Tony Dorsett stands in the backfield. He receives the ball. He ends up in the end zone after a 99-yard touchdown run to defeat the Minnesota Vikings, 31 to 27. Nice. 1991. Wayne Gretzky becomes the fastest and youngest player in NHL history to score 700 goals. Took him just 886 games at the age of 29 years, 342 days. So he's got a birthday coming up soon. Uh, and as the, good as he was, I'm actually sh- surprised it took that long. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that. Like this time of year, almost every day, we could have a Wayne Gretzky moment. He's the Babe Ruth of hockey. Yeah, yeah. Where you know we could probably talk about Babe Ruth every day in this day in sports history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, there's a lot I don't do because we talk about so much Babe Ruth during the the summer. Okay. Uh, 1993. The comeback. This is when Jamie and I are on opposite sides of the world. 
Buffalo Bills come back from a 32-point deficit to defeat the Houston Oilers 41-38 in overtime in a wild-card playoff game. The greatest comeback <coughs> in NFL history. That was fun. <laughs> Not if you were an Oilers fan. And in 20- I didn't know that you used to be an Oilers fan. I was up until um, someone mentioned he was going to be moving the team. Mm. And that is when I became a Cowboy fan. Okay. You switched your allegiance, huh? Well, I no longer had a team. Oh, that's fair. My team left, and I was darn was, sure not rooting for those people he anymore. He was a free agent. He was free agent. He was he allowed was, to hit the transfer portal. He was in the portal, which, by the way, the the portal door closed at midnight. Oh, good. So if you were thinking about it. Dang it, I missed my chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you always have a chance, I guess. <laughs> and in 2017. Mm-hmm. Trailing by two points, Naeem Stevenson found Anthony Livingston, who calmly swished the go-ahead three-pointer with 4.6 seconds remaining to deliver the final punch of a drama-filled 77-76 overtime triumph for the Texas Tech men's basketball team over number seven, West Virginia. Mm. Anthony Livingston, I'd forgotten about him. One of the best headbands in Texas Tech basketball history. <laughs> Happy National Chocolate Covered Cherry Day. I I like cherries. I don't know that I've ever had a chocolate covered cherry. Uh, I'll take the chocolate covered strawberry. Yeah, I'm right. I'm with Jamie on that. Yeah. Over the chocolate covered cherry. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about uh, cherry cordial, where it's got the the sugary cream in the middle of it too, that you, get, I, you my grandfather gives those around Christmas time, like if you go to his place. Okay. Usually in the freezer, they're really good. Uh, happy birthday, former Red Raider basketball player Jason Sasser. 50 today. Yeah. 50. Wow. He's one of your classmates. That makes sense. He was going yeah. to school and I was going to school. Yeah. Uh, Mel Gibson, 68. Michael Schumacher, 55. Eli Manning, 43. Jim Ross, 72. And Cheryl Miller is 60. And in this day in 1834, a group of colonial leaders met to draft a constitution that would create a new Anglo-dominated Mexican state of Texas. The colonists hoped that their decreasing influence of, a, of, of Native Mexicans, whose culture and loyalties were more closely wedded to Mexico City, would argue more effectively for the American-style reforms. Once they had hammered out the new constitution, the colonial leaders directed Stephen F. Austin to travel to Mexico City to present it to the government along with a list of other demands. Austin... Conceded uh, to the will of the people, but President Santa Ana refused to grant Texas separate status and threw Austin in prison on suspicion of inciting an insurrection on this day in 1834. When he was finally released eight months later in August, Austin found that Anglo American colonists in, were on the brink of rebellion. Hmm. And that is this dance sports history. You'll have more on that as the year kind of oh, goes sure. on. Yeah. Goes on, right? All right, this day in sports history. I don't get it all, but I don't miss much Texas history. All right, 6.52 this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, David Ortiz, Jamie, and his girlfriend, Maria Yarabel Martinez, are expecting their first child. My my guess is that you and Mrs. Lint, when you were 
getting ready to have babies did not do a gender reveal, a big party and, you know, do something where you would... You didn't get the invite? Have a big gender reveal. And my guess is the gender reveals, I think, are more popular today than they were when maybe when your kids were born. That That's you would, a that, shock, isn't it? That you That's would... just a shock that people of today... <laughs> want to dramatize things and draw mm -hmm. attention to themselves more yeah. than they did 20 or 30 years yeah. ago. That's um, the shocker of the day. So um, Ms. Martinez. We, and, we did not do gender. We didn't even find out until the babies came out. So. Until the babies were born. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Ortiz and Ms. Martinez decided to do a gender reveal. And what it was going to be is Ms. Martinez was going to throw a baseball and David Ortiz was going to swing and hit it. And then the, the ball would explode and it would either reveal a boy or a girl, pink or blue. Okay. And instead it just revealed steroids. No, <laughs> it did not. It did Bunch not. Steroids flew Th out of it. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, he swung and he missed. Okay. And then when the ball hit the ground, um, the blue uh, came out of the baseball. But the point was he swung and he missed. Mm. He got jammed inside. Well, I've, I've, I've heard that, you know, she really spots her fastball well. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll probably reach. There's I, a lot of swing and miss to his game. Uh, there's something I really want to say here. He but He should have had Mariano Rivera throw it, and then he sure right. would have, wouldn't have missed that. <laughs> I had to do it to myself. You had to do it to yourself. Yeah. You had to do it to yourself. Uh, 6.54 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to you, the... Do you think the love that everybody has for Big Poppy, you know, he's fun-loving guy, mm -hmm. big charismatic guy, do you think it changes if... I mean, it's brought out that he, he was one of the guys that was using? Just like, do, do you think the love that the Ranger fans have for Pudge, do you think that changes... If we just don't all ignore that, I, I I think I think with with both those guys, so much time has passed in terms of kind of how they're endeared. Yeah, no, I'm not saying bring it out now, but if it was brought out then, oh, like it was brought out then yes, with other guys yes, in the Mitchell report. Yes, yes. If 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 we didn't ignore it, David then, Ortiz would not be on TV. Yeah, and Pudge would well, not I be. I mean, A Rod's, A -Rod's still on TV. TV. Well, he's done way worse than Big Poppy. Yeah, yeah I true. I think the. Even Yankee fans like Big Poppy. I mean, it's just but he's the, a good guy. I think there would be a step back mm -hmm. from what it is now, where he's like universally beloved. Mm -hmm. It would be, yeah, we love him, but he used steroids. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's how it would go because he is such a fun-loving, fun-natured guy mm -hmm. that that's the kind of guy you want to hang out with. But you know, A Rod. I mean, he he plays his arrogance well. I mean, his his. I mean, it's it's kind of his stick. I mean, and you just kind of accept it and go, oh, that's that's A Rod. <laughs> You know, yeah. and David Ortiz, I don't think he would be as as beloved or lovable. I think you're right on that. It and I think that he, he is a little bit. I think yeah. he, I think he plays off of that quite a bit. I think sure. he's universally loved uh, for <laughs> just his his character and his demeanor. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with Jamie Lynn, Jeff McGuire, and Chuck Hines. We'll have Lady Raider basketball for you on the air tonight. They take on Texas. 5.30 the broadcast time, 6 o'clock from United Supermarkets Arena. We'll have it for you on 
100.7 The Score and 107.7 Yes FM. Look forward to uh, look forward to that. The um, the last time that the Lady Raiders started conference play at two and zero, they beat Oklahoma State on January fourth, twenty twelve, at uh, fifty eight fifty three, and then beat Missouri. They were in the Big Twelve then on January seventh, twenty twelve, sixty nine to sixty three. So that's uh, 12 years ago. <laughs> okay. Last time you started 2 and 0. The last time that you started 1 and 0 with a road victory was uh, 2013. So it it's you know been a little bit of a struggle um for the, for this team. Uh the last year uh Tech one uh, at home on January the 18th over Texas, 68-64, and then lost um, about two or three weeks later, February 8th, lost down there, uh, 82-71. Okay? So uh, the, the overall series uh, more than favors Texas, 78-32, to but the in the last six years, it's been 3-3, three and three, and prior to that, you'd lost four in a row or more. Uh, that's what when you say six years it's three and three at home no in the last in the last in the last six meetings i should say six meetings last okay. six meetings so, so the last three years you're you're three and three you've you won at home twice and won away once mm-hmm. okay. so what's your confidence level for tonight um i think it's it grows if um taylor jones isn't playing so if, if Taylor Jones isn't playing, it's, I'll say, 65%. Because she's their leading scorer and their leading rebounder. 65, okay. If she plays. Uh, 50 at best. I mean, you'd have to play lights out. But it's, but I think it's, I think it's very possible, but you're, you're going to have, you're going to have to take care of the basketball. You cannot turn the ball over 20 plus times. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot let them have, um, you know, the points off turnovers like, like they've been getting. I mean, they, in the non-conference, they're averaging 30 points off turnovers. Um, And then the other thing, and this is kind of a new stat that I'm following. um, And I've kind of gotten turned on to it by, um, by the tech coaches. It's the percentage of rebounds back off of missed shots. So your percentage of, second chance opportunities okay so texas right now they get 52 percent of their missed shots back they they get 17 offensive rebounds a ball game on average that's Mm -hmm. a big number lady raiders right now are getting 14 offensive rebounds and getting 42 of their shots back the texas opponents are getting 28 so so what's the the national average or i have no idea number? that's a great question i i don't know i don't know yeah. what the i know that you like kinda, the, if you're if you're going to use it you kind of need to know like are we good at it or are we bad at it is, are, are are the lady raiders is that number of you know 41 percent whatever you said 42 percent that's a really good number what i was going to tell you is the like the goal for the lady raiders <laughs> on saturday against houston was to was to hold them to 25 percent I feel like that's a big. I feel like forty-one percent of all missed shots that you get a rebound on. Mm-hmm. 
I think that that seems extremely high to me. I would think if it, if you were getting one out of three misses back, mm-hmm. that that's a that's a good solid number. You're getting um, you're getting eleven second chance points a ball game, but Texas right now is getting eighteen second mm-hmm. chance points per ball game. That's that's a big that's a big number. You can't give that up. So here's something I'm going to tell you that's that's going to be a little bit out there. Okay. okay? Watching the game on Saturday, I kind of hated to see Jada win. Have her like big time coming out party against Houston because I feel like <laughs> you could have used it more. Yeah, against and, Texas. Against Texas, yeah. and I feel like it like opened the eyes of the rest of the conference and saying, "Hey, this girl can really stroke you from outside," and so we have to make sure that uh, you know we're not we're not doubling off of her or whatever, leaving her open, and so there's no kind of element of surprise where. You know, they, they kept saying during the game, this girl averages three points a game, and now she's got 20 points or whatever. You would have loved that. You, that you kind of need one of those when yeah. you're pulling off a big upset against yeah. somebody. And um, Well, she had had... The, I know she's she's shot it well of late. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, she... That was a little bit eye-opening. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, and she has she has gotten better as the season has gone on because... Um, she had had um, a good game against UC Irvine against her dad's team. Her dad's an assistant coach for UC Irvine, and Tech had won that game, sixty to fifty-four. And she'd had a good, good, good night. The other thing is she had been injured in the off season, and so they've kind of expected her play to get better sure. as as we've kind of progressed with the season, mm-hmm. trying to get into basketball shape and you know getting her confidence up. And and the other thing that they really wanted to see on Saturday is. You've been too much of your production uh, from a point standpoint was coming from Bailey Mop and, and Jasmine Shavers. And so they needed a third player to really kind of step up or somebody to step up to kind of relieve that pressure from Shavers and Maupin because they were at almost 50% of your production. And Kyla's still right around double figures. She is. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, so. Kyla's at, at 9.9, and, and where she's where you're getting a lot with her is uh, – is her rebounding. I mean, she leads the team in rebounding. She's averaging almost 10 a ball game, and she gets a ton of offensive rebounds for you. But, um, but like right now, if you look at, if you look at the three sophomores, uh, Maupin, Shavers, and Jada Wynn, who's a sophomore as well, they, they account for 61% of your three-point makes, and they account for 75% of your three free throws made. So they just, they got to have some extra help, and that's got to come from Jordan Merritt, Elena Enrique, um, one of the because those are the other two that are that are playing the most, and then Logan Johnson, the freshman. I think they they really like her. They they really like her. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see what. So I think I think you have an opportunity tonight, but I think you've got to play you've got to play really good. You can't get down in the first quarter like they have been doing. They didn't do that Saturday in Houston. They they did a, a great job coming out and just and they want to be the team that kind of hits hits in the mouth first. Um, somebody asked, "Is this a tourney team?" Um, it's a postseason tournament team right now. I think between the NIT and the NCAA, I think you're going to have to win eight games minimum on the Big Twelve. That's it's doable, but you have to play you have to play pretty good basketball every night. I mean, you can't you can't. This would be a game. I think this would be a game that if you win this game, you kind of feel like you you steal one because you've got 
Texas tonight, and then you got Kansas on Saturday. And I think if you split these games, then you would feel pretty good about kind of where you are for the first three games of the season in Big 12 play. Because Kansas is a team that won the NIT last year. They have some losses, but they have some of their big players back as well. I mean, they had some losses in the transfer portal that they didn't necessarily expect. But they've got some, they've got some production back that um, makes, it, makes it difficult uh, to play them. So that'd be my thought. W- would be you split this week, you feel pretty good about kind of where you are heading into next week where you go to Oklahoma State and to Oklahoma. And again, next week, feel like opportunities there to win at Oklahoma State and, and maybe, maybe, maybe you have a chance to win too next week. So you might have a chance to win too mm-hmm. next week. So that'd be big. So that'd be big. So I think it's one, one game at a time. But I mean, you win tonight against a top ten team, um, albeit they're injured. Uh, it's still a top ten team. But they're, they, they even don't have. Even though they're not at full strength. It, even though they're not. The, the, but the you'll girl, take. You'll, you'll be happy to take advantage of that. Absolutely. The girl you've to had watch your out games for, where you're not. The girl strength. to watch out for tonight is Madison Booker. She is a freshman. Uh, she is the preseason uh, freshman of the year in the Big Twelve. And right now she's averaging 13, but she had 25 the other night against Baylor. Mm-hmm. And she is big, and she'll run the show. She's six one, so that'll be she'll be a um, person really to contend with tonight. If you can contain Booker, and they don't have Taylor Jones, uh, you're going to win the ball game, especially if you don't turn it over. But you, you got to got to take care of the basketball tonight. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by. Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. All right, very simple question for you today. Good, I was hoping for an easy one. All right, I didn't, I didn't mean for yesterday. You said simple. I didn't, <laughs> it's different. I didn't mean for yesterday's to be so difficult, so I'm going to make sure I, I dumb it down a little you bit. Got, you got to play to the crowd, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I want you to tell me if this Red Raider men's basketball team is going to make the postseason, who's the player that needs to step their game up? Well, for, for me, I think, I think you've got to be better around the rim. I just feel like that um, whether it's rebounding-wise or finishing-wise, you, you've got to be better at the rim, and I think that starts with Warren Washington. Uh, he, he was better the other night, but I, I just wonder – when, when you get into Big 12 play and you get into the physical nature of it, and we're going to find out starting on Saturday when they play at Texas, can, can he – I don't want to use the word man up, but can he be stronger at the rim? Because I, I, I feel like that you haven't finished at the rim. Okay. Chuck kind of stole my answer, so I'm going to go with my backup, and this feels a little ridiculous – from what happened, you know, yesterday. Um, But I'm putting Pop Isaacs as my second guy on this list. Yes, I know he's the reigning Big 12 player of the week, and Mm -hmm. all credit to what he did last week. But if they're going to take that next step, and we've seen seen situations where he's done this, I think if they're going to be the Keenan Evans type guy at times, where you've got that reliability, where it's not just the, hey, I've got 28 this week, and then, you know, the week, a couple of games before he had 12 kind of concept, like the consistency that needs to be there. And I'm not saying he's got to score 28 a game, but the consistency 
needs to be elevated if he if this team's going to make the tournament as a second option. I am 100% buying what Jeff McGuire is selling here, okay? I I know what Pop Isaacs has done scoring-wise, okay? Um, but he, he's your go-to guy, and he's he's shooting 36% from the floor and 28% from three-point range. He's he's and and to me, he's trending in the right direction here. Where he's, he's done better. this over the last last week or so, and that's why he's the Big Twelve Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Maybe last couple of weeks, he's done it. Okay, so if Pop Isaacs is doing what he's been doing, I don't expect him to score fifty a week. Sure. Okay, but if he's shooting a much higher percentage, uh, then I I think he's got a much I think you've got a much better chance to be a more consistent offensive team. Uh, I think that forces defenses to um, focus on him a little bit more and opens things up for other guys, all the above. But I I just think he's got to shoot it better than he has over the course of the full season. If you want to tell me he's going to do what he's been doing the last two weeks, then I'm saying, yeah, just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I I do think it's Pop. I think Pop is, is is the answer here. Um, just again, I think he's done good things. I still think he's been really productive for you. I still think this team's doing a great job of moving the ball. I just expected him to be more money when it comes to shooting threes mm-hmm. than he has. Again, I, I would guess he probably would say the same thing, shooting it at, at, at 28%, okay, or 28.9, so 29%. He he would expect that percentage to be up, and I think it's a different deal if he's he's knocking in threes at a much higher rate. Okay, uh, Pop right now is uh, sixty-two of one sixty-four. Oh, no, that was last year. Sorry, sixty-six of no, one eighty-five. No. Thank you. Twenty-eight of ninety-seven on threes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to pull that up real quick and pick the wrong year. I knew. I knew as soon as I said that, I was like, "Wrong." Um, yeah, but but again, I still think he's done good things this year, and I still think, you know, he's been one of your best players this year. Um, and what he did last week was very well deserving mm-hmm. of the Big Twelve Player of the Week. I, I just, he just needs to keep doing that. Uh, somebody says he's already trending, man. Which I I think Jeff alluded think, to that. I think I used that word. Yeah. And you did. Um, and this person points out 11, 9, 19, 18, 28, and 21. Hey, it's not, again, it's not all about the points you score. It's mm-hmm. how efficient are you doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you want your guy, your leading score, to be shooting better than 35% from the floor. Okay. And if you are considered to be a great shooter, Davide Moretti was shoot, shot what at the three-point oh, line? Was, like 45%. Yeah, he was, he was really yeah. good. 29 to 45 is a big difference. Sure. Um, this from the Yates Point Center chat line, chat line. I like Chance and Kerwin. They are your true outside shooters. I like Pop for penetration and good outside shots. Mm-hmm. I think Pop has done a better job of putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim this year. And you can see that by the number of free throws that he's he's shot this season. He's mm-hmm. he's second on the team, just one behind Joe Toussaint. He's already taken 58 threes. So. Yeah. Let's also or, excuse me, 58 free throws, I should say. Let's also remember that if Pop were to continue his incline, you're also inclining on your competition that you'll be facing. It's sure. it's no longer the, the, the non-conference schedule that you could take a nap with. Mm-hmm. So 
him even just staying where he's at now would be an incline when you factor in who you've been facing. Yeah. And who you're going to face with Texas and Houston and Kansas. I mean, we can go through the list of the Big 12 teams that are in front of you that if he just continues to do the 21 points a game, I would consider that him playing better than he has been recently because you rewind that type of play, he's getting 40 a night. Uh, this, did you say, as Pop goes, so go the Raiders? Did I say that? I think, or no, I'm sorry, he says, do you say. Do you say, as Pop goes, so go the Raiders? Um, it doesn't have to be that way because I think you have enough talented players around him. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely think he's a key factor in that. Like, you know, most most times when he's shooting well, you're probably, your offense is probably flowing pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, somebody says uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Robert Jennings needs to step it up to give Washington some rest. He's a lot better if he's rested. Yeah, it just kind of adds to Chuck's point about in the post and being physical and being able to handle Big 12 play and all that. I would include Jennings into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been happy with the way he's been, it feels like, getting more minutes and earning those minutes and being physical and being a presence in there. So I hope he keeps trending in the right direction too. And then um, somebody on the chat line had mentioned the the two shooters, and they're definitely ac- X factors for this team in McMillan yeah. and Walton. Mm-hmm. They definitely are. It's it's it kind of feels like you don't need both of them on every night, but you need one of them. Yeah, you need one of them to be knocking mm-hmm. down threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person says this. I think this team is at least a second round NCAA team. Mark it down here. Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it down. I'm gonna put it in the big book, and uh, and we'll see what see what happens. I've discovered some things in the big book that I've got to go back and look at. Um, that some things I said, okay, we're gonna do this at least a couple things, and then I've got something I've got to make sure I put in my in my big book for Groundhog Day. That if I see my shadow, do we have six more weeks of basketball season? For both the Red Raiders and Lady Raiders. If you see your shadow. If I see my shadow, okay, we'll have six more weeks of basketball season. You realize you work in a room with a bunch of lights? There's no, almost I, a guarantee you will I, see a shadow. I know, but I mean, I would go outside and I'd get away. I'd get out of the trees. And I got to make sure that I'm not in the parking lights too, right? And that it's not noon. What what time does the... Are we bothered by the fact that... What's his name? Puxatawney Phil or whatever. Right. Is getting more pub than than you? No, oh, no, I'm not bothered I mean, by that. No, I'm not bothered. Not bothered. I mean, we're trying to steal his. We're trying to steal his limelight. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of his deal, man. I know, but we talked about last. And we have year. Prairie Dog Pete too. I mean, like we got a local guy that you're you're jumping in on his is uh, uh, credit there. <laughs> I'm not talking about six more weeks of winter. I'm talking right. About, you're talking about six more weeks six of basketball. Six more weeks of basketball. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, somebody says this: Will you be wearing a shirt or not when looking for your shadow? Uh, I'd be a little chilly outside. To Probably would be. Go without a shirt. Um, I'm not really in the shape that I want to be in right now, so I'm not. I'm not in shirtless shape right now. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get into shirtless shape. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Drive. Good morning with Jamie Lynn, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. 
Great to have you with us. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank, and you can participate there. Uh, we missed something in this day in sports history. Not that, not that we're going to get everything in this day in sports history, but 62 years ago today, they broke ground for the Astrodome in Houston. Okay. Okay. They have a little, they have a little banner made uh, in cursive, written "World's First." Well, it's not script, cursive; it's script. Maybe my cursive. "World's First Air Conditioned Dome Stadium Groundbreaking," January third, nineteen sixty-two. And you know how they did it? Instead of using shovels, you know what they did? They used those sporks that Jeff was just talking about. Nope, nope. They used Colt forty-fives and they shot them into the dirt. Okay. I hope they made sure there weren't any rocks in there. Go, bing, you know, and then get one of those. That would never, dignity, that would never fly in 2023. Dignitaries. 2024. No, 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 But Seems I mean, it turned fun. out, turned out pretty good though for the, for the old Astrodome. All right. So I'm in the. You know why they use Colt 45s? Yeah, because they were the Colt 45s. Okay. Yeah. That was the part of the story you didn't tell that we were sitting with. So I was making sure that you had. Yeah. In fact, no, yeah, they were the Colt forty fives at the time. And they changed their name to the Astros because of all the space stuff that was taking place in Houston at the time. There was a lot of it. There still was a, is. Still is. Still still quite a bit. The manned space center there. Now named after They would have had to have changed anyways eventually when Yeah, if the Washington Bullets oh, can't be the Washington yeah. Bullets, which is they were they were a better team when they were the Bullets. Now that they're, I mean, they're just I don't know what. When was the last time they were a good team? When they were the Bullets. When? Yeah. When was it? <laughs> like the late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> <laughs> they were the Bullets for a long time after that, and mm-hmm. they were terrible. And they were terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, all right. So I'm doing some uh, Red Raider baseball work, um, and I'm I'm needing some tidbits for folks. You are. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing some, you know, having some conversations with folks about Red Raider baseball. And um, what, if you compared today to a year ago, how much better is this team? Just 20,000 foot view of what you're viewing is uh, this upcoming season, 44 days from now. I guess I would tell you that you have a lot more, uh, knowns in the lineup, and you feel like you have a lot more depth in the pitching staff. And we don't necessarily have the injuries per se. Well, the uh, that you had started. Well, that you had maybe a year ago. Didn't you have some concerns going into the season last year from a pitching standpoint, where you, you knew that you were already going to be down yeah. an arm I here mean, or there? Jack Washburn had injured himself in the fall, and you know you weren't going to have him. So I guess yeah. Do we have him this year? We do. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're expecting good things from him. We sure are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's one. Uh, who who else are we expecting good things from uh, from a pitching standpoint? Um. Well, I, I mean, I think that there's just so many different um, guys that right now I think are in contention for the starting rotation um, and guys that we saw last year 
it's hard for me to want to um, pinpoint anybody as a starter. And, mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is because Coach Tadlock, you know, as we've seen before, um, a lot of times he'll take his best pitcher or second best pitcher and make them a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you can pencil in Kyle Robinson to the Friday spot. Um, and he was actually a Friday starter last year on opening day and did not pitch well and a few weeks later was out of the rotation. Uh, but the way he finished last season uh, looks like he kind of had worked his through some things and um, he he looks like an ace. He looks like a Friday night guy. Uh, so it would be hard to imagine him not being a starter. Uh, Zane Petty, another guy that was a freshman last year that – pitched a lot on the weekends, pitched in the midweek some. Uh, Zane early on in the season last year uh, just kind of wild within the strike zone and was pretty hittable. But as the season went along, just got better and better and threw really well in the postseason. So I, I would expect Zane to be a guy that is in the mix there for a starting weekend spot. Um, Washburn, who we just talked about, he's got lots of experience and that's and if you don't know that's Owen's older brother he transferred from Old Miss where he won a national championship and he sat last year because of the injuries but um he's been primarily a, a reliever in his career but there's potential there that he could be a starter mm-hmm. um i think those are the three guys that really jump out at you feels like Zane Petty's been here more than a year oh just a just a sophomore this year no i know but i mean just yeah. the, the with as much conversation as there's been about him. Yeah, he was a guy that got drafted and, you know, a lot expected of him. Mm-hmm. And like I said, early on, it just it just felt like he was missing too much over the heart of the plate and was getting hit pretty hard. Um, but love what you have coming back in the bullpen and Sanders and Bridges and Free, some really veteran arms, Lysick, another one, some veteran arms. Trendon Parrish will be back in the mix as a, a starter or a reliever. I mean, he's been uh, successful in both spots. Um, you know, other guys that we saw a lot of last year that were kind of forced into a role as freshmen and, and Tabor Fast and Jacob Rogers, a lefty or righty there. I think those two, um, if they keep progressing in the right direction, can be really good for you. So um, there's just a lot of guys that – and that's not really even – Talking about like a Max Huffling, the guy that transferred from ACU that just dominated you when he pitched against the Red Raiders. Adding him to the mix, I expect him to be a bullpen guy. Um, there's there's just a lot of arms that you're you feel good about heading into the season. Somebody asked us, do we have a dominant closer this year? Um, that I mean, yet to be determined. I mean, I, mean, I mentioned those three guys. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. It's been pretty rare that Texas Tech has had just one guy. Yeah. You know, I guess you would have put McMillan back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is some of that beater his freshman All-American season. Big shot. Um, but those three bullpen arms that I just mentioned, I think, are, are guys that, you know, are going to kind of share that role. Just mm-hmm. kind of depends. Have you ever caught a bullpen for any of the guys and given them some tips? <laughs> like talking to Zane Petty about... Hey, maybe you need to get it over the plate a little bit more. I I really do stay in my lane, okay? Do you think I you think could? I think Coach Tadlock would worry for my safety. If you caught bullpen? Yes, I would. You don't think I, he'd ever throw you back there and and do that? Hey, hey, Jamie, grab a glove. We, we're a man down. 
I, Coach Tadlock is probably just can look at me and see my lack of athleticism mm-hmm. no, and feel like you... you know I don't know that Jamie could you know <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's his skill set. I don't know that I would want to try to catch a 100 mile an hour fastball. If I had the gear on, I wouldn't mind. But don't don't throw me anything off speed that I have to get down in the dirt and that thing's going to okay. bounce up and hit me in the in the gut or the chin or whatever. Who do you think would have a better crouch behind home plate, you or Hacks? Hacks. Hacks. I mean, he's been a catcher. I know, but I mean, but don't don't you think like you're a little more flexible than than Hacks? And probably, but but he's done it before. He's done I it. I mean, before. did you not see that catch he made in the booth? I saw it. Yeah. It was perfect catcher for him. <laughs> Reached out and grabbed it like he was snapped yeah, right, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bang the microphone. Framing it. Yeah, framing it. Yeah. Bang, you know. Yeah. Bang. 824 this morning here on the morning drive, I think. Hacks probably would prefer to do it like they do in batting practice where they have the guy back there sitting on a bucket. <laughs> he probably would prefer that. Sitting on a bucket. Maybe. Yeah, rather than having to, okay. you know, crouch. I just, uh, I don't want to give uh, Hacks too big of a head, but. As we were getting off the bus the other day, um, Coach Gerlich asked uh, Fink and I if we had a, if there was anything that we said when when there was a when we made a three, and we, we got nothing. <laughs> we got nothing. That's not true. Fink will say yes, ma'am. Yes, but ma'am. I mean, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but I mean, no. Bang! You know, I think she wanted a bang. So I don't know. So I don't know. We might get traded. Uh well. We can't all be Jeff Haxton. We can't all I be mean, Jeff Haxton. We need some minions too, right? Right. We're uh, we're definitely minions. I mean, if we're not just mediocre, mm-hmm. who's to judge Hax by and say, oh, uh, wow, he's that's so greatness. much better? Yeah. yeah. Greatness. Yeah. Yeah. I do think Fink's got a better and one, though, with Bailey Moppin. I didn't do the fight with Bailey Moppin. I Bailey Moppin. He gets excited. They're sure. That's for sure. Uh, somebody said this would love to catch bullpen for Tadlock. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'd be plenty of takers, guys out there that would say, hey, you know, sign me up for some of that. Yeah. But but you're you're very comfortable in your in your role. Yeah. I mean, they they have people that are <laughs> that do on that? staff and, you know, are student trainers mm-hmm. and Capable. all that. They don't, need, they don't need me. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.